Good morning and welcome to the David and David on Real Estate Podcast. Super excited to have David Corman back in the house today and we are on Podcast 108. We're going to be talking more about Tressa. It's a it's a very timely topic because it comes into effect on December 1st in about two weeks. Um, and there's some differences here, David. There's some difference between how clients can and cannot be represented. So uh, Tressa got rid of the customer service. So customer service has now been replaced by self-represented clients. Yeah, and some of what they did is just changing the lingo that's being used. So we're, you're no longer referring to customers under the new act. Instead, you're referring to clients. And either have a client, and if you have a client, you're entering into a, an agreement with that client, or someone is going to be unrepresented, and they and they're calling someone that's well. So you have a client, you're entering into a representation agreement. So that's not very different. They're just just the terminology is sort of changed. We can go into a little more depth than that. But if you're not a client, as they define it, what used to be a customer is now a client. Now you can be what they refer to as a self-represented party. Okay, and then certain rules are applicable if someone is a self-represented party. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of this, David, at all. Um, but I mean, I understand the thought process behind this because I think there was a lot of confusion between client and customer in the REBA Act, and and realtors really didn't understand the two and the clear distinction between the two. And I no longer have to talk about that anymore because of Tressa. So now we're replacing customer with a self-represented party. And it's hard to misinterpret what self-represented means. It, it means that, you know, you're not represented by a realtor. You're representing yourself. Um, so there is some clear distinctions between the Tressa and the REBA Act on this. Um, but what does this mean? What what does this mean for the industry, David? And and how is this going to change how um, how realtors are conducting their business? Well, the first thing is, you know, Rico's trying to give some more guidance on this. So if you are providing service to a client, you have to enter into a representation agreement. You also have to provide the client with a RICO information guide, guide that goes to parties that are being represented under representation agreement and outlines some of the general guidance and principles of what duties and responsibilities they have, etc. And, and you're supposed to go through it also, not just hand them it, you're supposed to uh, explain the content of that to them. And again, it's like, this is everybody that, you know, that's signing an agreement with you, you got to sit down and explain what your duties and responsibilities are to them. And again, you'd want to get an acknowledgement from them that you in fact did that. Okay. Cause it's not just hand it to them, let them read it. It's hand it to them, but also make sure you explain it to them. But then you have to distinguish the next class of people, which is a self-represented party. And if you come across someone that's not retaining you, they're not becoming a client. They're not signing a representation agreement with you. You got to make it clear to them that they are a self-represented party and you got to give them a RICO information and disclosure form to a self-represented party that sort of will outline to them that they're not being represented, they're on their own. And you've also got to make it clear 
that you are not acting for them and that you can't you can give a little bit of guidance or service to them but nothing that crosses the line where that party would say i'm relying on you as my agent i'm relying on the information that you gave me in order to make a decision about this property so you got to make sure it's clear to them and explain to them that i'm not acting for you i'm not working for you i don't have a duty to you okay now there's certain things you know that you can do for a self-resident you can allow them to see a property or, or, or tell them, a, you know, about the property, but you can't give them any guidance or information where it crosses the line where they might be relying on you in making a decision about that property. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, if you're a listing agent and a self-represented party approaches you and says, Hey, I want to put an offer on this property. Um, and asks you, you know, what should my offer be? So as soon as you answer that question, then you're crossing that threshold where they're becoming a client and they're no longer a self-represented party. That would be very different if you were to print off 10 comparables and say to them, hey, here's 10 comparables that sold in the neighborhood, you know, take a look. Um, that would be very different. So you, you can't let that self-represented party rely on your expertise, guidance, or advice in determining what that offer should be. But if they say, hey, I've looked at the 10 comparables and we would be comfortable you know, presenting an offer of 600,000, you could go ahead and type that offer up and, and go ahead and present that offer to your sellers based on the instructions of the self-represented party. Yeah, but, but even in doing that, you got to be very careful to make sure that the that buyer is not relying on the comparables that you know, strictly on the comparables that you've provided. You don't want to create a situation where there was, you know, they didn't sign a representation agreement, but by the information and, and opinions and that you gave them as a seller, there's an implied representation agreement. Okay, and they're now relying on you you've got to make it crystal clear that they can't and even if you're giving them look i've got this this list of comparables but then you got to put some disclaimers in there you know i'm not telling you this is all there is i'm not telling you it's thorough i'm not telling you there's nothing else i didn't prepare this for you i have this for you know i've given this to my seller client you know this could be a starting point for you it could be information don't rely on it you know there's 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 information that i believe is truthful in there because this is what i the information i was able to find but don't rely on anything that I'm telling you. I'm not acting for you. You got to make that really clear. Uh, David, I think the biggest issue that I see here is I think when you're going to be working with, with uh, buyers, I, I think there's going to be very little co-op agents that are on the self-represented side. So I think realtors are going to work, have to work really hard to, you know, provide value to the buyer side and, and and get them under agreement, under a client agreement very early on in their relationships. Right now, what a lot of realtors are doing is, you know, oh, you wanna see this house? Okay, no problem. No conversation about agency is really occurring. You know, are you under contract with another buyer, with another realtor? Uh, no, I'm not. But are you looking at houses with another realtor? Well, yes, I am. 
but I'm keeping my options open. Well, okay, let me see. I'm going to show you some properties and let's see if we can establish a connection. Maybe you're going to hire me as that realtor of choice. So I think this is where you have to be very careful. I think you're going to have to really establish value early on in the relationship. You know, sit down, do a proper buyer presentation. Why should you hire me? What am I going to do for you? What are my levels of expertise? And, and by the way, you know, there is a price to work with me. It's two and a half percent. Normally the seller pays, but in a situation where the seller is not going to pay, that onus falls on you under this buyer representation uh, agreement. And you're going to have to go through a more structured um, relationship with those buyer clients very early on in your relationship to make sure that, you know, you don't cross those lines between self-represented and client relationship under the TRESA and the, and the new act. So I, I think there's going to be some changes there, which are not necessarily bad for the industry of a consumer. Um, and then remember, as a buyer representative, you now have those disclosure um, responsibilities that we talked in the previous episode where you have to ascertain whether, you know, there are certain latent and uh, defects that exist in the property. You have to ask questions and you have to document and you have to make sure that you adequately um, represent th those buyers and protect those buyers as well. And that has to be documented and you have to share that disclosure with, with your new clients as well. But um, other than that, David, are there, are there any differences that you see here between uh, the old act and the new act? No, other than that point that you just made, that you've got to keep proper records of all this because you don't want it to come down to, well, I, you know, they, they came in to see my my listed property. They told me that they were unrepresented and I just showed them the property. Um, you, you, want, you don't want it to just be a verbal, he said, she said at the end of the day, if there's a dispute. So, so you want to reduce that to writing. Okay, I can show you the property, but I have to confirm to you, I'm going to send you an email or I'm going to send you a text. In order for me to do that, I want to, you have to confirm, or you got to sign this piece of paper here acknowledging that I'm not representing you. I'm just showing you, allowing you to see the property. I'm not providing you any advice. And you certainly can't cross the line about suggesting a, a price to put in an offer because then, you know, then there will be reliance factors. So you got to absolutely not do that. But what the new expert says, you know, make sure you get it all, anything you are disclosing, anything you're doing, get it in writing, keep records of it. Because we don't want to go to a, a RICO hearing down the road and you got no evidence and nothing in writing because that is going to clearly work against the realtor on a decision because the obligation to keep track of these things and to disclose things and make it clear is on the realtor. So if you didn't do that, you don't have a text message confirming it or an email or something, they're going to side on the, on the consumer side saying, uh, you know, cause, cause the buyer saying, no, he, I, I, I thought he was representing me. I, I was relying on the information and where's the evidence in writing saying from the agent saying, no, I'm not acting for you. So you're going to lose every time. And that's what the new act is saying. So you got to put it in writing. If someone wants to see the property, you could show it to them. You're not representing them. But you've got to get them to sign something saying, I'm not representing you. Or you say, you know, give me your, your uh, I'm going to send you a text or give me your email address. And I'm going to send you an email to confirm that I'm not representing you and you're not relying on anything. Okay. Yeah. And I suggest agents probably should come up with some standardized language that they want to use for those to 
you know, to send off an email or a text or something saying, I'm showing it to you, but I'm not representing you. you're self-represented. I'm not, don't rely on anything that I tell you to do. Right. David, the, the other big change that's happening with the Tressa Act is that if you're a self-represented party, you are now going to be given the ability to go through homes with the permission of the seller completely by yourselves. So, yeah. you know, in, in the age of these new electronic locks, uh, you know, a, a buyer could literally call the listing agent and say, hey, I'm outside your sign. I don't have a realtor. Can I walk through the house? And if the seller says yes, you, you know, the listing agent will be able to press a button, unlock the front door, and the self-represented party can potentially walk through the house. And, you know, I, I'm very, very afraid for the industry with this new uh, legislation coming into effect. I, I think uh, this is the one piece of the legislation that I think is going to have a hugely detrimental value to the consumer. And I think, you know, realtors are going to abuse this majorly. We've seen it happen already in the past. In fact, I fired a number of agents from the brokerage uh, previously that were giving out logbox information to their clients uh, because they couldn't make it to the appointment. And we do not tolerate that whatsoever. That is a huge invasion of privacy. It's a big no-no. It's not something we're going to tolerate as a brokerage. But now we have this piece of legislation that's actually encouraging this. And 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 this is very concerning as a as a leader in the industry and as a brokerage owner. Well, it, it certainly encourages it on the one hand. On the other hand, there is a there is um a, a caveat there too, because you can only give access to somebody who is a registrant, so you know, someone who's you know, another agent, or you can the client. The, the the potential buyer that's unrepresented could go in directly, but only if the sellers consented to it in writing. In writing. Okay? In writing. Okay. So so you have as a as an agent, you have that discussion with your seller saying, you know, for some reason I can't go, there's nobody that could go to take him in there. They want to go in and see it on their own. Do you want do you want to get grant permission to go in? And you got to get that in writing from them to confirm that they that that they consented to that unrepresented party going in on their own. You know, I, I agree it's not good practice, but these days there's cameras all over houses sometimes. They can hear them. They can see them. So some people are clients say, you know, I'd rather someone have a showing than not have a showing. So maybe I'm going to grant access to it because we can sort of monitor them anyways, even though there's still a risk. But maybe we got enough cameras and listening devices in there that <laughs> we're not that concerned. Right. But if they're going to grant that access, you as the seller's agent has to get the seller to put that in writing to you. No verbal communication on that as well. Okay. Well, there's certainly changes uh, coming down the pipeline. And, um, um, you, you know, as, as a leader, it's, it's interesting to navigate some of these new changes. But David, always very thankful for your uh, leadership as well on this and for your insight. Um, and again, any questions that realtors have, please contact David Corman, contact myself. We're happy to talk to you, happy to take you through uh, some of these changes. And, and uh, you know, we're here to navigate these changes together. Yep. Thanks, David. Always a pleasure discussing these things with you. Pleasure is always mine, as always. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you.